Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. Thank you so much for joining in to another segment. For those of you that may be new to the community, I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host. For those seasoned listeners, welcome back. With me today in the hot seat is Lynn Davison. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Lynn, and we're going to dive into this fantastic topic. So Lynn Davison helps autistic graduates and their families accelerate action. She is fiercely committed to helping families move beyond their heart-wrenching confusion to taking the adulting actions. She serves as their trusted guide to create long-term wins instead of short-term battles that disconnect them and keep everyone stuck. After raising six adult children, ages 26 to 52, all alternative learners and several autistic, plus more than 1,600 coaching conversations with families facing autistic adulting avoidance, she can help you, your autistic graduate, get things done to build lives they love without sacrificing yours. And that is so important. So without further ado, let's welcome the woman behind it all, Lynn Davison. It's such a treat to be with you. I mean, anyone that goes after more than 700 podcasts seeking wisdom is someone I want to know. Thank you so much. And Lynn, I definitely want to jump into the connection segment because I know you're doing an incredible work around autistic uh, children, adults, and families, but I want to give the audience a chance to connect with you in a fun and personal manner. So we could do that one or two ways. We could either do a rapid fire 10 question game or an icebreaker. What are you in the mood for? I'm in the mood for the rapid fire. Here we go, y'all. We're playing rapid fire with Lynn and Genesis. Question number one, what's one word to describe you? Determined. Question number two, if you had the opportunity to trade places with anyone for 24 to 72 hours, would you trade places or remain yourself? I would absolutely trade places. I would love to be either my son or my daughter, the two that are still living with us, I would love to be them for 24 to 72 hours so I could really develop a true understanding of the way that their mind works and how to manage it better. I love that. And when you said that, it made me think of the movie Freaky Friday with Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What is your favorite food or cuisine? My favorite food is, um, it's Mexican. I mean, I just love tacos. <laughs> yes, me too. Question four, money was no option and you just found out you got an all expense paid trip. Where are you headed? We would head back to the Dominican Republic because that's our favorite place to go. And we just came back from uh, four weeks together, all nine and a half of us. I mean, I, uh, nine of us, my son has a, a, a now 15 month old and it's just was such a thrill to be together. Oh, okay. We'll have to chat offline. Um, (laughs) question five, name one thing that you have done in your life that was crazy to people on the outside, but it actually built character for you. 
Well, when I was 15, I lived in Columbia, South America, and loved the opportunity to practice Spanish because I really, frankly, was not a very good student of it. But I was so curious about the language and just being there helped me practice. It was really the thing that helped me understand how practice is the key to learning anything. Yes, yo hablo español poquito más o menos porque mi, mi papá soy de Curacao, cerca de Venezuela. Ah, sí, entiendo. <laughs> Ajá, makes perfect sense. You know, my, my uh, Colombian father told me that the man, and I'm going to assume he also meant woman, who can speak two languages is worth two men. Oh. I don't know if my husband would like that, but I'm like, <laughs> jokey, jokey. Just in case you're listening, babe. It's sick. <laughs> what, okay. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? It would be, um, I would like to telepathy. Is that what they call it? When you can hear the other person's voice inside their head. I, I would so. love that because it would help me really understand how I can help my people the best. Seven. What is your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? Tea and water. Okay. I do like tea though. <laughs> <laughs> love it. But we are very lucky to live in a place where water out of the tap is clean. Yes. Yep. So true. Question eight. Would you rather lend a dream car, dream home, or heck, let's go big and have both? I already have my dream home and my dream car. So what do I do? It's just a Nissan Rogue. I mean, I just, <laughs> I'm so happy with what I have. I guess maybe I would, um, you know, if it, my dream would be that somebody, everybody would have a, would have sh warm, warm shelter, access to healthcare and good food to eat. So that would be my dream. Okay. Love it. And guys, I love that she thought outside the box and she remixed it. Question <laughs> nine. Are you ready for this one? Hmm. Okay. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be? Marie Forleo. She's the one of who wrote the book. It's all figure outable. And wow, I can sure use a lot of inspiration from her because we are always trying to figure it out. <laughs> yes, life that, is a journey. Yeah, that came from her mom too. Everything is figure outable. So I read her book about that and I just love that her mom was able to inspire her. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And question 10, it is our pass or play question and here are the rules. If you pass, our rules are reversed and you get to ask me any question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. I'll so, play. Okie dokie. Last question. Name one thing on your bucket list that you would like to accomplish. I would really like to accomplish helping a thousand families with autistic graduates to, you know, accelerate action and create the lives they really want. I love that. And my challenge for you is don't wait. Start today. You can start a nonprofit and get going because it is within reach. Yes. <laughs>
So thank you for playing Rapid Fire. Audience, I hope you learned a little bit more about who Lynn is. Now we're going to dive into the meat and potatoes of the conversation. I like to say meat and potatoes because I'm a Southern belle and I love to eat. So we're going to talk about the work that Lynn is doing to help families deal with, you know, autistic children, adulting, and et cetera. Because from the outside looking in, sometimes people give autistic families, children, adults, a bad rep because they don't understand their world because they haven't walked in their shoes. So Lynn, what really got you started on this journey? Well, I realized that I am the granddaughter, the daughter, the sister, the cousin, the mom, the grandparent, and the great parent, grand, great grandparent of autistic people that I love all the way down to their toes. And this has just been something that I've, I'm just, I was destined to do. And I love the fact that it's also heart-centered because you see people in your life going through it and you're like, I can't just let them go through it. I have to be in life with them, not just in life, but doing life with them. And by you taking ownership of that and you getting inside of their world, then you're meeting them where they're at. Would you agree or disagree? Oh, absolutely. And I just want to keep in mind all the time that having an invisible disability makes it their lives more interesting and it makes it a real challenge for us to embrace that kind of diversity because we really have to, I mean, there are 8 billion people on the planet. So there are 8 billion ways to think. And autism is just one way of many. Some people think it's like two and a half percent of the population. I happen to think it's a little bit more than that because I think autism is underreported. Yeah, because no one wants to be on the spectrum or they have certain stigmas that's around it that makes them feel like, hey, if I report this, then I'm going to be on the spectrum or I'm going to be labeled. My child's going to be labeled. So they don't want that to carry over with them. But I'm here to tell you all listening in um, that is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength because then you're going to be able to get the resources and tools that you need. And there's various parts of, of autism. And no matter if you're on the spectrum or not, there's high functioning. And then there's some who are not high functioning, but their skills and senses are heightened in other areas. So what I want to do is put some context around this because I forgot to open this up. Can you explain what autism is for the audience listening listening in? Well, autism just, um, they're, they're coming up with some really cool research. Just recently, Nature Magazine published in November 2nd, a study where they compared autistic brains with non-autistic brains, and they did 750 tests. And, I, you know, it's, I, I don't know how they do all this, but I'm going to, I'm going to believe that the scientists knew what they were doing. And what they said is it's just a different way of wiring. So it affects their um, their reasoning, their language, their interactions, and their um, ability to be, to be flexible and their sensory processing. So those are the five characteristics. I don't expect you to remember all five of them, but just know that the scientists are on it, trying to figure out what is it that helps, you know, that, that creates an autistic brain. Mm, and thank you for sharing those five things. And y'all, um, even though Lynn mentioned the five, we actually want you to go do your homework, your due diligence, and take time to understand what those five 
um, characteristics are in case there's someone in your life that you may not have been aware of is dealing with, you know, autism. So you could see them for who they are as an individual and what they're going in and have empathy as well as sympathy to understand what's going on in their world versus making assumptions and judgments. Yes. And I love Mother Teresa who said, when we judge others, we have no room to love them. Yes. Oh my, that one strikes, that one really hits it. <laughs> so one of the questions you love to speak on is why are you feeling fear and acting anyway? The number one skill autistic graduates must practice and how do you teach it to them? Because you know, they graduate now, it's like, let's get them in the world so they could start providing for themselves and not be seen as a quote unquote statistic as the world system would want them to be when in actuality, they're very valuable. Well, I have to admit that that transition between school and, and adulting was pretty awkward for me. And for a lot of people that I know, it's one of the most awkward times in their lives, those 20s. And when you have an autistic brain, it, it can just add a little extra, that's all. And so it takes us some time to figure out. And in fact, that's the one acronym that I do hope that everyone will remember is that if we can just slow things down when we're dealing, when we're, when we're loving an autistic person and this S stands for slow because there's definitely a difference in the processing speed. The L stands for loving Let's be loving because they can feel that there it's an absolute myth that they they don't have empathy. There's no my kids have extra empathy. So they can read me like a book whenever I'm in the room. They know what's going on. They don't always know why or what exactly the emotion is, but they can read me. And the O stands for optimism. Let's be optimistic that we can work things out together. Let's go in with a loving, optimistic attitude and use all of our wisdom. That's the W because, wow, if we really can access each other's wisdom, we can come together on a solution that works. I love that. And it's partnership, low, loving, optimism or optimistic and wisdom and all of those working together begins to help both of us connect you and that individual and then now we're not just going through life we're doing life together yeah and that's what that's what I want I want my family to be connected together for the rest of my life I, I really want to be you know as as Stephen Covey said I want to be interdependent forever with my kids <laughs> I love that because you know some parents are like oh, bye whenever they hit a certain age and yeah. I'm I feel like being a new mom, like they call me that helicopter parent because my daughter's like six months and I like hover, but I was like, she's my baby. She's my baby. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I get so, it. So I could relate from a seasoned mom to a new mom. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And just having that interdependence uh, there. Another thing that um, resonated with me is one of the things you also teach about is when a bump in the road flattens your autistic graduate's tire or a roadblock requires a detour. And the reason why I think this is so important, metaphorically speaking, as well as physically, is because we as individuals, and no matter if we're autistic or not, we always have bumps in the road. We always have detours or for, if you think about a GPS, recalculating, rerouting, roundabouts, U-turns, but 
think about how we as individuals can get frustrated. Now imagine how an autistic person can get frustrated. So can you elaborate on why this piece is so important to you, Lynn? Well, because, um, you know, when any of those things happen, you get scared, right? And when you get scared, your brain doesn't work so well. Have you noticed that? Well, that's double for an autistic person who's on high alert most of the time. So it's just, we've got to get back to center. We've got to somehow figure out, okay, where, how can we anchor ourselves in what's most important to us? How do we want to show up? What do we want to get done in life? And who do we want to you know, be with? Because none of us can succeed alone. So those three things, what we want to do is we want to get real clear on what will anchor them. And that's what I teach is let's figure out what our essence acronym is. Mine is SCARF. I want to be strong, compassionate, active, regulated, and focused. So that's my, and then I have the 10 domains and I can tell you exactly what I want in each domain and how I'm doing it every single day, because, you know, we're not going to get there overnight. We're going to have to do this over and over again. That's why I do not have seven steps to independence or anything like that, because I think of it as the hero's journey where we're pushed into something, usually outside of our control, but it says you got to learn something new. And then you're down here in the muck trying to figure it out, but then you do. And then you come out stronger, not only for yourself, but also for the people that you love. And then, oh, there's another one comes along. So it's just a continuous upward spiral. It's we're never going to end our adulting journey ever. Well, until we don't have a choice. <laughs> I love that because it's evolution. And it's as long as you're living and breathing, there's something for you to learn. And as you're learning that, that thing, you're going to get wisdom, knowledge, understanding, clarity, and focus. But one thing I really love that you mentioned here, Lynn, is, you know, finding your essence and what centers you in that zenness. So whenever you're working with the families and your um, your ideal avatar to help them and their families, what's some of the hardest things that they say about finding their essence and zen? Because I'm sure sometimes you can get inundated with life and the busyness that you forget to kind of take a step back, pause, and, you know, refuel and re refocus. Well, one of the things that just happened today, I put a um, question out on my Facebook page that said, you know, we believe that our lives would be easier if our kids didn't have autism, but how could we argue for the opposite to be true? Mm -hmm. One of the moms said, you know, I'd love to argue for the opposite, but I have a, but my son never tells me he loves me. He doesn't give me a hug. It, I just, I'm. Um, it just makes me feel so sad that I'll never have a child who really loves me. And wow, you know, I want to help that mom um, understand that sometimes what's happening is the mind and emotion blindness that comes with is a trait of autism is really what's preventing them from connecting. Sometimes they can't always um be the one that meets our emotional needs. Sometimes they do, you know, cause we had a lot of fun together. Other times though, it's not, it's just not something they can do fast enough in the moment enough. I think they can over the long haul, but the processing speed can sometimes be a factor there. And so I just want to encourage that mom to, um, 
you know, to, to reframe it saying, let's look for the opposite. Let's look for the times that you do connect with your autistic son. I'll bet there are some things happening there. And then let's also teach you how to make yourself feel better so that you don't have to be dependent on other people to do that for you. And you can feel your own love, give that love. And when it comes back, notice it because it's there. It's just not always as obvious with our kids. Mm, I like that. And I'm just uh, asking this question here for some understanding. Do you feel like sometimes parents who are dealing with autistic children, sometimes they have a hard time slowing down because there's so much that needs to get done that they get consumed in the busyness and not in really the intentionality of certain things that their child is doing because maybe they're busy, maybe they're frustrated and they're just trying to get everything done. And who knows if they're a single parent or if they're, you know, have a partner or a spouse, that spouse may be at work and they're taking on the bulk of it. Would you... Mm -hmm. Would you say Absolutely. that? What I think happens a lot is we just get scared. We just think they're not going to be able to handle life when we're gone. And okay, yeah, we are an irreplaceable part of their life. They are never going to have another parent like us or grandparent like us. It's just not going to happen. And so when it will be a loss when we're gone, at the same time, while we're here, if we can teach them the partnering skills and help them practice them with us and with others, we know that we've taken them as far as they can go. If we help practicing, help them practice what the three parts of life, the energy, the job, and, um, and the love part of life, the three parts of life, energy, working, and love. If we can break that down and then just break it down even further into exactly what are we going to learn next, we know we're making progress with them. We know we can see the progress. We can encourage ourselves and be okay together. Because, you know, not everybody's going to end up at the same place, but we all can get better together. Yes, we're better when we come together. And I love that you said energy, working and love, and just breaking that down. And my follow-up question for that, Lynn, is do you think our educational system is setting up, you know, children who are dealing with autism for success whenever they graduate and move on to adulthood, where it's not so much reliant on the parents. Yes, parents are going to do their parts, but also we need an education system to help as well. Yeah, I think the education system is frankly doing the best that they can. I mean, they are, there's a whole smorgasbord of people out there that they're trying to serve. I sure would like to see, um, you know, more, but who, what autistic parent wouldn't, wouldn't like more help? Right. So, you know, because it's a big job and yet um, it's doable. And that's why I became a coach was to help them. I mean, they say they fall off the cliff when they graduate from school because a lot of the services and a lot of the structure of their day is gone. And now we have to provide that structure and we have to go get the services, the job services or the, you know, the, um, the, the therapist help or the whatever, the job coaching, we have to actively go get that. So yes, it is more work for us once they do graduate, but as long as we're doing it together, as long as we are helping them get what they want, their motivation is going to be on fire because it's got to be about what they want. At the same time though, 
the trouble happens when we parents don't take care of ourselves too. Mm, yes. Often we don't ask that question. What do I need in this situation? We are so accustomed to taking care of them. And yet when we slow things down and ask ourselves and connect with ourselves, what do I need? Then we can be, when we get that for ourselves, we can you know, have more confidence and more strength to help them. So that's why we also have to slow things down enough to realize, oh, I'm in the last trimester of my life. What do I want to make sure that I accomplish? And it includes them in most cases. And sometimes some of the things I want to accomplish are just for me. I love that. You know, for the people that I love, other people that I love. So what I heard there is, you know, slowing things down. Yes, you need more support in the educational system, but, you know, who doesn't? And then also the slow um, analogy and acronym came back into fruition. Slow, loving, optimistic wisdom paired with the energy the working and the love and then all of that is encompassed together so you can't do that alone and one of the things that I've seen locally where I live with some of the churches is they offer a respite night for you know the parents the partners the caregivers to get out and they put their children in a safe environment where they love on the kids they do activities with other autistic children that way that parent, that caregiver could have some time for themselves to refuel, recharge and rejuvenate. And sometimes people don't realize how important that is for that individual because you're on 24 seven. Yep, it's a real relief in New York state. We're so lucky because we can have, we can hire whoever we want and it can be their siblings to take them out to a museum or do things and get paid for it. So it's, it's a cool system when you know how to work it, but it's hard to figure it out. <laughs> it takes a lot of paperwork. I love paperwork. <laughs> That's funny. I'm definitely gonna have to share this with a girlfriend of mine who her son actually just graduated, I think one or two years ago, and he's actually um, autistic as well. And we used to work together in oil and gas. So as a hearing from you and looking at it from your lens and vantage point, it also gives me understanding on some of the things that she goes through, even though it may not be exactly the same as you, there may be some parallels. So next time when I talk to her, I have some more clarity and understanding on how to how to you know initiate the conversation and, and etc. But one thing that really helps me connect with you know parents like yourself or people with aut- autism is I used to do Special Olympics, so I learned a lot um, from Special Olympics. And then I was also in PALS, which is Peer Assistant Leadership Supervision, whenever I was in high school. So I got to be partnered with different buddies and kind of understand a little bit more from their vantage point. And it helps me be well rounded, but it also helps them know. I have a buddy. I'm seen. I heard. I'm heard. I matter. I'm loved. Because high school could be very cruel. Some of those kids get picked on, and I'm like, you know what? Thankfully, you know, the Lord is working on me. Because before Christ, I would just deck somebody. I'll be like, there's no way you talk to somebody like that. But my parents had to tell me, you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, when I want to throw you an audible here and ask you. Is there something that I did not ask you or something you want to share to add value around the conversation? Well, I think that whole idea of the hero's journey led me to the seven practices because I realized, okay, how am I just going to kind of automate 
learning what I need to learn in my life. So I gave each day of the week a theme and I came up with seven practices that I had noticed made the biggest difference with all those autistic families that I've been families with autistic graduates that I've been working with. And I created seven videos that are free that I would love for people to get that introduce them to each of the seven practices. And it starts with acceptance. You know, we really just need to accept where we are, accept the brains are different. There's 8 billion of them out there. So there's going to be some variation and, you know, it starts with acceptance and then belief. And th there you go with the love. <laughs> I love it. And the, the connection and the anchoring and then the thinking, acting and partnering. So I hope that they'll come get those seven practices. And once they're there, I'll be sending them emails with even more free goodies. Ooh, I love that. Who doesn't love goodies that educate you and help you become better? So Lynn, let's jump into the CTA, which is our call to action for the audience. I want you to share with them how they can connect with you. What's your website? And is there a social media channel you hang out on primarily? I know you mentioned Facebook earlier. Mm -hmm. Yes, they can go to the um, whenautismgrowsup.com. It will take them right to my, my website where they can opt into those seven video practices. Once they do that, they'll get an email from me that'll connect them right to my Facebook page, The Art of Adulting. And so that's where I hang out every day. <laughs> so y'all, you can catch Lynn herself, not a bot, not somebody else, but Lynn and get some goodies, the seven day goodies you'll get in her community. And you could do life with Lynn, even though you may not be in the same state, she's still going to extend her reach and arms to you to show you that she loves and cares, cares for you. And she's right there in the trenches doing life with you. And she's not going to stop because her goal is to reach a thousand families plus because she's not just going to stop at a thousand. It's going to build momentum so she can keep on going. So y'all, I hope you enjoyed what Lynn had to share today. Make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe the podcast. We're on 40 plus audio platforms. You could also find the video on our YouTube channel by going to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And my big ask, ASK, is for brand sponsors and listener supporters. It does take monetary resources to fuel the mission and movement, which is to constantly bring content that's educational inspirational and motivational and also weaving in my passionate areas dei and b diversity equity inclusion and belonging because it does take all of us coming together to make this world a better place and my goal is that you leave an imprint in order to drive an impact to be the world changer you desire to be not what everyone else wants you to be but what you desire because you were created for a reason, on a purpose. So signing out, Genesis Amaris Kent and Lynn Davison. Nice to meet you. Peace, love, and lots of blessings. You're amazing. We love you. And you are here because you matter. Have a good one, y'all. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS 
G-E-M-S, WITH, W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.